Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. This is episode number 11 and we're finally doing it on a Sunday this time. I know things got a little out of hand last week when we couldn't upload on a Sunday and we had to do it on a Monday, but things are going back to normalcy right now, which is what I wish could be said about the world in general. But here we are back again on a Sunday evening with the FFS podcast. Today, topic it's a funny one because I had two topics in mind and I wasn't sure as to which one I'd go with. And I put out a poll on Instagram as well as on Twitter. And the Instagram one especially was quite a quite a close one. Uh, it was either between this particular topic or the other one, which is the Champions League draw. It was, I think, at one point in time, exactly 50-50. But then this one kind of just about edged it uh, on Instagram or Twitter. This kind of just completely annihilated the other topic. But if for those of you who did vote for the other one, don't worry. We've got something special planned for that. So uh, you, do, you won't be disappointed for that. So anyway, so talking about this particular topic and this particular episode, we're going to be talking about one person in particular, uh, one person who's grabbed the headlines you know, many a times in his very special football career. And that is Paul Pogba. But we're not only going to be focusing on him. We're also going to be talking about the growing influence that agents have had in the modern day football. And we're going to be talking to three fans of various teams. And each team has had issues or in the past or in recent history about uh, with agents. And so before we get to all of that, I'll ask my guests to introduce themselves before. Two have been on the podcast and one hasn't, uh, but we'll still go alphabetical order as we have done in the past. So let's start off with Alankrit. Alankrit, would you like to tell our guests a bit about yourself? Yeah, hey guys, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So this is not my first time on the podcast, like most people would already know me, but like the guys who don't know about me, I'm a band Munich fan. I've been a band fan uh, since 2011-12 so um, it's been a fun ride so far awesome all right next we move on to arvin thanks paddy um yeah i've also been on this podcast before uh, my name is arvin i'm from chennai united fan for the last 15 years or so glad to be here again awesome which now leaves me to the one guest who hasn't been on the podcast before and that's nffs newbie and that is vinay would you vinay would you like to tell a guest a bit about yourself Sure, and uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, so my name is Vinay Bangalorean, uh, probably the oldest in this. Um, been an Arsenal fan for 20 years, uh, quite proudly, and um, I can almost assure that I'm going to be another 20 years for sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, happy to be a part and very interesting topic. Awesome. All right, so I think we best started off with Arvind, who is a Manchester United fan, because you know the main focus of this was obviously Paul Pogba. And you know, Mino Raiola, especially. So, Arvind, when you heard of the comments who, that were made by Mino Raiola, were you at all surprised? Um, no, uh, honestly, wasn't surprised. Uh, just angry and disappointed and sad about how it's all coming to an end with uh, his comeback, right? There was so much hype when he got back. I was one of his very vocal supporters. Um, I thought the club should build around him. I thought he had the perfect opportunity to step up uh, from Juventus where he was a star. He was uh, not the main star, but he was he was beautifully sandwiched between Andre Perlo and all the other leaders in that team. So I thought when he came back to United, it was a perfect time for him to get the club back to where it belonged. Um, belong. Um, but he's not been able to do that. And uh, regards to his agent, he's always been a problem. Nothing new. But at this point, as a United fan, I think I share the sentiment with 90% of the fans at least. Paul Pogba is just not worth the drama. Period. What he brings to this club is not worth the drama he brings to the table. Simple as that. Okay. Wow. Uh, Alankrit and Vinay, I'm going to get your thoughts also on this. Obviously, this was major news when it hit and it hit social media like anything. When you read about Paul Pogba and what Mina Raiola had to say, were you were you at all surprised by the by what was said, or kind of also were you happy that you know you your club didn't have this sort of situation to deal with? I know you did have other situations, but uh, let's start off with Alankit. Alankit, what were your thoughts when you read about this? 
honestly, I had only um, realized Pogba was very vocal about leaving United about a month back. So, um, to me, uh, I had not known that United fans were very frustrated with what Pogba brings to the table. So, when Raiola said it, and like only after I had realized pretty recently that Pogba was very vocal about it already, then um, I wasn't surprised, but like I can understand where the United fans' frustrations are coming from because like it's been a whole cycle that keeps going on and on, and there's always like some sort of uncertainty which comes with it because he never comes out himself to like squash whatever Raiola says. Uh, so, and it always puts the ship off balance. So, I understand where the frustrations come from. Okay, and Vinay, your thoughts on this? Well, um, I, I think I'll take a little time on this uh, to uh, give a perspective. But before that, uh, I think uh, won't want to miss a chance for banter. So I think Arvind said, uh, not worth the trouble. Well, 89 million, just for you to know. Uh, well worth the trouble, I think. Never miss a chance to take the banter to the United fans. Uh, so yes, <laughs> but on a serious note, um, was expected. Um, mainly because I think... Uh, the reason is football no longer is a sport. I think we should start accepting it. Uh, the old timers, like say, I think, um, yeah. like say, all the three here um, seem to be like all of us think alike in terms of uh, taking this, the passionate sport that is and uh, how we grew up on it and all that stuff. But I think let's, let's start to accept it that it's now no longer a sport. I think it's a corporate conglomerate. Um, it's run like a professional uh, I don't know, you could call it an IT company, you could call it whatever you want. But, and if you're looking at it, and I'm assuming all of us work here, um, an agent does play the role in this. Uh, whether you like it or not is different. I mean, um, Asen has uh, had quite a number of things to say about this throughout his uh, uh, managerial stint. Ferguson said a lot um, about Mendes, Raiola, and he, I mean, just to quote them, they clearly said, I don't want to see them anywhere near my football club. These were the exact words by Ferguson. So it's not uh, something that uh, is new. It's just that the agent power, like we used to have the player power, now I think the agent power needs to add in to all these things. And if you are looking at it, whether we like it or not, uh, that's the reality and that's how it's going to be. So until and unless we fans and even the clubs, to be honest, a lot of times... uh, We've had managers or directors or you call them whatever fancy designations now, director of football or whatever. Whoever does the negotiations, they say we would just like to talk to the player um, or his family. That's how we used to uh, get people here, uh, convince the family, convince them at a young age players. Now, no, you have an entourage of people who are going to be a part of the uh, player. You just don't sign a player. You sign his agent, you sign his wife or girlfriend, family, dog, everyone, for the matter of fact. So, in terms of Royals coming and saying and speaking and uh, on behalf of uh, Pogba, it could very well be Pogba speaking as well. We don't know. But if you are taking Pogba, I'm just giving Pogba as an example, uh, you take Royola ag- along with it. It's not two, two separate entities uh, because it's, it's now a combination. And the sooner the clubs, the sooner fans accept it better because uh, that's how football, uh, it's, it's corporatized. Uh, that's how it's going to be. I don't foresee a change. We are not going back, right? Uh, except this year, of course, for the pandemic. But other than that, I think we are just going ahead. So it's about time we accept it. Um, Rayola is doing what he feels is best for his, uh, literally speaking, the person he manages. I don't think so. Uh, if you ask Pogba, uh, I do wonder, is it uh, Ole who manages him or is it Triola? But maybe that's how it is. I mean, we have classic cases uh, as we go into this podcast to talk about if you talk about references to Arsenal. But um, sticking to this, I think expected that this was bound to happen. Uh, Arvin said uh, in terms of Juventus, how he was to what he has become. I still think there could be other things that is there. Maybe the expectations from Pogba was far too high. He was playing in a fantastic Juventus side. He was playing with a world champion uh, French side. So maybe the expectations were too high because let's be honest, it's been eight years since United won. 
they don't have a match winning or a championship winning team anymore yeah arvin do you have something to say to that or i have quite a few things to say yeah, so okay. first of all Good. very <laughs> very well summarized uh, honestly when i think oh, but, uh, arvin before before that yeah. i have to i just want to say it's it's quite a nice cheeky dig that you put out there when uh, about the dogs signing the dogs thing and i mean that's a, i'm guessing a nod to a certain mr sanchez <laughs> i think that's uh, a common link between uh, the two of us so yeah. uh, we, we really couldn't uh, avoid that yeah fair point um, i completely agree with most of what you said uh, first of all football becoming a corporate conglomerate football becoming commercialized i think it's established it's set in stone we we all know that um, and the agents are a very important part of this whole corporate jigsaw right uh, there's there's no two ways to it and not necessarily on the face of it a bad thing but where it does create a problem is when their power and influence transcends um some some things which are supposed to be sacrosanct the relationship between a manager and a player the relationship with a player and his fans i think there are certain places agents really shouldn't be involved in but unfortunately are because of some of the circumstances when i just described right it's a product of the overall ecosystem in which football is played today um so that's sad for example rayola has no business calling out what ole thinks about haland or whoever else i know haland is his client and th- that's that's the deal he's doing whatever he can to make sure uh, his client gets the best deal but is all of it really ethical where is the line where where do the agents stop playing so much of a role in the game where they needn't be like they can they can get their players to move they want without uh being so so disappointing that's that's all i can say about rayola in specific i think he's a separate breed of agents altogether um and that's sad the other point i'd like to just add on here uh, i think lenaka spoke about this recently on match of the day about how stupid it is that it's legal for agents to get commissions from both parties if he's hired by the player he needs to be the agent fees needs to be capped they have to stop influencing contract between clubs on a direct basis i don't know if you guys agree but would love to hear your thoughts okay uh, before we get to that because that is one of the last probably segments that i want to get want to carry out which is talking about the solutions to this problem or you know how 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 we should go about or not us but how football should go about tackling such a problem but one of the other key things that vinay had mentioned arvin was the fact that fergie himself when he was managing manchester united and popogba was there as a youth talent he himself was very vocal about how he didn't want mino raiola to be anywhere near his club yet for some reason and we know how Fergie's words are gospel at United. Uh I don't know how it is right now but at least at least until probably Mourinho or even during Mourinho's reign his word was gospel. And so why would you think that they would still they would still pursue such a deal knowing the type of agent Mino was. It's not like Mino suddenly got up one fine day two years or three years later and said, "Hey, I'm going to act like like this uh, so so why do you think that was i think it was the hope that pogba's uh passion for united which he clearly has i don't i don't want to sit here and doubt that uh but it was very clear that he he did have a lot of feelings left for the club he thought he left a bit too early but in no way did he regret his move to juventus because he rose as a star there there's no two ways to it so he he had a very good time so he thought and i think the club expected that he would be worth it despite mino raiola and not because of him so he was not going to possibly fa- facilitate his success here but they thought his antics would be worth it and four years since pogba's back it's very very clear that it hasn't been worth it and that's disappointing but i don't particularly blame the club for trying their chance and trying the shot at pogba uh, i don't think it was a bad decision to buy him at all even going back now i'd do it again because that is that speaks volumes of the caliber of the player if the club was going to go ahead with them despite trial as agent all right fair enough uh i mean personally i also didn't 
feel quite surprised by the tweet or the comments made by Mina Rayola. I, I we've seen it before. Like I said, I've seen it every international break, either Pogba himself or Rayola himself making these comments. And and it yes, some may say the timing was very, very, very surprising given that it was just days before or a day before the Leipzig match, uh, as well as a week before you know today's Manchester derby. So. I don't think that was surprising as well to me because I think rewind three years ago, I think 2017 or 2018, when I think similar comments before were made. Before the derby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, derby. yeah. When, yeah. when United won that 3-2 at Etihad, yep. the, the Centurion, Minir Rayola himself came out and said that City want him and you know created this entire issue. Yeah. Pogba stole the show that match, you know, coming on and him and Sanchez. So yeah. Yeah. Was, and he had a blue streak to his hair. So he he's yeah. some he just he just thrives on that attention. I, I yeah. He, and all these came after one half of good football the whole season. He scored one wonder goal against West Ham and uh, he's bringing out the you know shush celebration as well. I think I think the the sad truth is that he thinks he's bigger than the club and he thinks he's bigger than what he actually is. And you know people are starting to see that. Especially with Bruno's arrival earlier this year, Bruno has done everything what people hoped Pogba would, and he's done that in about seven months. What Pogba has failed to do in four years. Yeah, yeah, I he's kind of that like exposed Pogba for you know the player everyone thought he would be and the player he's yep. become. Uh, yeah. He's kind of like he's stolen the spotlight, and you can see why even Mino is a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see the tactic from Mino itself, yeah. right? Because you see your star player the. The biggest player in that United lineup, no matter how they perform, just on paper, Pogba is the biggest player, and yeah. that star being kind of stolen by this new Portuguese arrival, uh, this Bruno Fernandes guy, and this guy who's stealing the headlines, stealing everything, and you can see why Mino's trying to kind of get the attention yeah. back on Pogba because uh, you know he doesn't want to lose that value because people now think less of Pogba than uh, after. Than before Bruno arrived, so I, I can see that. Yeah. Now the other thing that you guys all mentioned was, and Vinay again mentioned in his beautiful summary was the rise of the power of agents. Right, we're seeing this, and you guys will give me examples. I'm sure of players, and we'll discuss uh, examples of players in your clubs which have had issues where when it comes to dealing either with contract negotiations and stuff like that. So. I just want to know how did we get to a situation because this is not the first time where we've had superstars in football. Like I, I, I don't recall Ronaldo and Messi also having too much of an issue before. Uh, we we had Ronald, the other Ronaldo. We've had Ronaldinho. We've all had so many superstars. Yet for some reason nowadays, the the significance of an agent in modern day football has risen to such an extent that we have to be careful of who we, which player you. Buying because with the player that you're buying, you said we are going to get the age the agent as well, and that's going to cause a whole lot of trouble. So, Alanka, I just want to know, according to you, how how did you how do you think we've come to such a situation? Um, so uh, just taking one player from your example itself, um, Ronaldo, like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, his agent is one of the super agents in football, Jorge Mendes. He's he's renowned to be known as the person who builds the Portuguese American dream is like he, when a young player wants a big transfer, they go to him, and I think that like his move from United to Madrid might have actually been the catalyst in this whole uh, situation because like that was the first big transfer that I remember, and um, Ronaldo moved to Mourinho's Madrid, so uh, and Mourinho is also or Jorge's. Uh, client again, so you you see like you see the kind of triangle that it's creating, and um, Jorge is like he has so much influence in football right now. Like he's um, he's the reason behind most of the Portuguese players going to uh, Wolves. Um, yeah, he's, he's got also, stake in the club. Yeah, he's got stake in the club. He's he's got stake even in a club. I think in uh, the Portuguese league, Portuguese, which is yeah. doing pretty pretty well right now. Uh, a very small town club, which is doing pretty well. They've Competing with all the big boys, so uh, that's like that's the way his his role has like grown. So I think like agents have through the years because of all these sort of uh, big transfer deals and superstar deals and players using their um, 
caliber and talent like they want to make the most money they can while they can so i think uh people have identified an opportunity and they're just um exploding on it i think i just had one point um, in this report sure, sure, i yeah. think you guys said yeah. i think alankrit gave a very good example um, ronaldo as we talk uh and mendes remember that season when before he actually left for real madrid everybody who understood football then knew that he had already signed yeah. a contract with them yeah he just stayed on for a season simply because ferguson convinced him saying i will let you go provided you play here this season so the agent has already done a deal for your next season in this season um, and it's known well literally to everybody so imagine the power and mendes as big as he is is never going to be a ferguson right Ferguson has earned his medal by what he is one of the greatest managers ever but George Mendes just decides that my client is going to Real Madrid and it's done the see uh, the deal was done done it signed off and Ferguson could do nothing he just had to request a player he made into a superstar to please play another season this is the power of a super agent or an agent or however you want to call it uh, but just going back to Pogba to, um, I mean in all this i do hope um, united and the rest of the football fans uh, don't consider him to be a bad player he's not a bad player uh, it's like when we talk about again reference to arsenal uh, it suddenly is like mazetozel is no longer a good player because he has a tantrums he has a um, whatever you call his uh, political uh, statements or suddenly is not good in fitness or training whatever you call it but end of the day both of them are not bad players they need teammates around them to play for them they are different kinds of players pogba needs a, a literally a rock next to him so does ozil um, ozil is far more creative but you pogba on his day is probably one of the best box to box footballers around so suddenly they are not bad players it's just that the agents tend to say like okay it's not working out for you here you still have it in you let's move you to another place it's like again a corporate analogy oh it's not working out for you here i'll get you a better hike and a better designation let's go to a different yeah. place um but i don't particularly think a player wanting to leave is wrong wrong nobody i don't think any say united fan is holding it against pogba for wanting to leave like but but there is there, there is a sense norwin that suddenly uh, i mean even here uh, arsenal fans they are like oh we always knew ozil was never this good he's lazy he's that anyone who were all close at saying like why does he uh, get away with a lot of things now suddenly they have come out the same way i sense a few of the united fans also saying pogba was never really worth it he's not that good we just had to overpay him uh, and all that i don't think so he's a bad player not at all but i think you're, you're right in the sense that it's he's somebody who divides groups he he divides public opinion of him that and that's just the sort of player he is i'm not questioning his ability or his uh, caliber for sure but his consistency has found to be wanting and that's that's not even a debatable uh, statement um and the point i was trying to make was nobody can hold a player for wanting to leave a club like they can leave a club for various circumstances it can be they're not acclimatized to the country the people the culture uh the footballing nature of the club they're not suited to this particular team it happens but where fans have a problem is that you're publicly putting the manager under the bus you're publicly putting the team under the bus like uh, for example in the previous international break pogba was asked about obviously he's asked about madrid as he usually is and he says it's a dream to play for zidane he can want to go to madrid without making a public queue and cry about it and drawing attention to this topic again and i think quite frankly it's a huge betrayal to ali uh, somebody who so vehemently and vocally had pogba's back from the moment he joined this club as a manager he said he but but unfortunately the his statements have gone from i'm going to build my team around pogba when he joined that's what he said to what he said yesterday in the press conference is what ali said is pogba is training hard he's not stopped training and he's hungry to prove when he's given a chance those are the golden words ali is a class act he's not he's trying to protect pogba's value because that's the best thing to do for the club but uh, i think behind closed doors he's fuming he's fuming at how uh, pogba has treated him how he's treated this team and quite frankly i think united are done with him uh, but they will have to 
smartly protect his value and sell and get as much as possible from him when he's um, up for sale. He's in his prime. Euros are coming up. So Pogba can't afford to not have match fitness. So I think Pogba doesn't have as much leverage as he probably would like. And maybe that's the reason why Rayola is doing all of this event. Uh, last point on this from my side, Alex. <laughs> but uh, honestly speaking, I think the ethical part is no longer there or when in today's football. Because I don't know whether it's true or not for all the things that you're talking about, Ole. Um, and I and I don't read too much into United as you as you would have guessed by now. But realistically, I heard that they are talking to Pochettino already. Uh, if, and if that's the case, that's that's just unethical again. You are doing it in between the season. I'm not sure if it's true or not. Uh, but I I honestly think Pogba is done here. And if they get him to go on loan in Jan, they would they would want to push him out because if he has a good loan spell. I don't know where he wants to go. Italy is the best, best, best place for him. Spain will probably be too much uh, because he has to go to Real or I think Real. Barca also is ruled out, uh, and I don't know if uh, they would want to do this then. But overall, I think ethics and football—that ethics and loyalty in football nowadays—I think uh, that's old school. When we started, I think that's when it was. Nowadays, it's whoever pays the highest dollar, I go there. I mean, okay. So, if personally, okay, as as a Liverpool fan, I haven't really faced issues like this. Uh, to, the the closest that comes to this is when Suarez wanted to leave to, and then he created a bit of ruckus, and even wanted to even move to Arsenal for all for I don't know why, but and then <laughs> I, I mean the the no, no, but I can I can tell a lot of reasons, but that time that time not now. No, I, I mean at that point of time, I think. Yeah, okay. Maybe he would have had, he would have had a little more, uh, a year or two more of Champions League than probably what he got. But the the aim for him was always to go to Barcelona. Liverpool fans knew that he wanted to go to Barcelona. So, but there was never that issue of him calling out Brendan Rodgers and saying, you know, that Rodgers is such a terrible manager. He is uh, like, uh, or his agent saying saying that there was always. I mean, fans knew what the out- final outcome was. We were glad. I think similar to Ronaldo, right? I think that's that's why there was never a, a, a ruckus or a you know a commotion made a lot or attention given to Suarez or Ronaldo to the extent that Pogba. I think Suarez had slight attention, but that also was for different reasons. Uh, and so I guess I mean that that's the closest. So I I think. It, like I agree with Arvind, it I think United fans knew he was never going to be there for the long term. That anytime you know Madrid and especially as Zidane led Madrid were to come after Pogba, that he would go. And over the past one to two years, it was more evident. It was becoming more and more evident that he would leave. But the fact that it's he's made every single time he goes on, uh, you know, not tour, but he goes for his French national camp. Duty, there is a comment that comes out saying that either I'm not happy, even Didier Deschamps got involved this time saying that he is not happy or he feels much better with the French national team than he does in Manchester United. And so, yeah, those are the, those are the kind of incidents that will leave a sour note here. But Arvind, one other key aspect of this or how they became to power is the relationship between player and agent, which has probably become now very, very close because we mentioned Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo here, and George Mendes and Ronaldo have become nearly, I don't I don't know what the age difference is, but I could say elder brother, smaller brother. And even growing up, Ronaldo, you know, George Mendes made sure he took care of Ronaldo, made sure he got everything he re- that he required. And the same with the bigger, other big stars as well. So, does this play a very important role, the dynamic between agent and player, which has changed from just being agent to player to now being a father figure slash brother figure, which has kind of also improved or enhanced the significance of how important an agent is in dealings? You, you're spot on. I think uh, uh, more than their relationship growing, more than their inf- impact of their relationship growing, they have a lot more things to take care of these days. They have image rights, they have social media, they have PR, uh, they have the national teams to take care of. I think you can't really say that an agent doesn't have a very important role or uh, 
that 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 clearly defined as well but the pro- and the other factor also here is that sometimes the agents are the fathers themselves the fathers or brothers or relation relatives themselves so that's also changed the dynamic i think there are a lot more family agents today than there was earlier and that's also been another factor okay and alankrit in terms of another thing that popped into my mind was we all know how inflated the market is or has become over the past 4 5 years and has that also been a an influencing factor in how important these agents have become because the agents are have been able to get you know clients insane amount insane deals from either their own clubs or from clubs from across the world and let's let's move on to one of your examples right alaba yeah uh, some might say club legend i know we've had few people who said that he isn't given what's been happening over the past month or so so Uh, not month a little more than a month but the at the end of the day the agents there to get the best for his client and in an inflated market like this an agent's role becomes important because he he delivers you know he could deliver an insane deal for his client or his agent and uh, yeah, for his yeah client i won't say agent but for his client and so that dynamic or that relationship becomes even more important if you get my drift there um yeah so i i do agree like the inflated market has played a big role in how agents have also earned their uh place at the table and like their inflated place at the table if you want to put it that way um with alaba it's it's been more of a a classic situation like uh, another corporate situation that comes into my mind where um oh you're such a great employee here um why don't you come join another organization where you can get a a bigger challenge or maybe not even a bigger challenge but like a much higher pay and um i think that's exactly what's happened with alaba because um uh, i think earlier on in the year uli honus came out and said um the deal with alaba would have been done already if not for his greedy piran of an agent in zahavi and i think zahavi rayola they're all part of the same breed where um they're looking to get the best deal for the player and um i'm not even surprised uh to be honest a bit cuz um uh alaba hired zahavi knowing the kind of agent zahavi is and the only reason alaba would have hired zahavi is if he felt that he's worth the demands that he's putting or the what the demands that zahavi would put in his head so it's not it's not surprising at all like the situation that's been unfolding so um I, and i think uh, even zahavi was uh, involved in the neymar deal if i'm not wrong so um we, and i think that neymar deal did also cat, act as a catalyst to how inflated the market is now because i think the market went berserk after that deal so um the way the zahavi deal zahavi way zahavi has been handling alaba has uh, obviously left a sour taste even in my tongue i used to keep alaba like a club legend but right now even i'm having second thoughts i i certainly don't think he's a club legend now cuz like i i at least felt that alaba would play out his whole career at bayern before maybe going to the mls or the chinese super league for like retirement money but the way it's happened now um the way there's been like so much miscommunication and finally when the club came out and said that we we put out a certain offer and it's not anymore on the table and then alaba had to come back out and say that oh this is not true at all like i would have preferred it to be indoors and i think alaba was given that chance a lot of times but he chose not to and his uh, agent and his dad kept coming out and putting in stories into the media as well so it it kept a lot of uncertainty for us fans and uh, the whole situation is not very very tasty or anything and uh, zahavi was also levandowski's agent so um, we we thought that Lewandowski was also leaving at one point but it turned out that Levy did come out and say that that was not the reason why he changed agents so that was at least a bit of a heartwarming thing for us back then but like I we I don't think we expected anything different from Zahavi and Alaba at the end of the day because Alaba hired him for doing exactly this right and and I I mean I can't in one way I don't blame Alaba because I think he's looking for the agent that gets him the best deal and zabi's got the best deal for lever it's got if he was involved in neymar then he's more than proven his worth 
but there are certainly questions have to be raised given how if levers changed his agent clearly i mean there should have been some sort of sign that alaba should have kind of noticed or perceived that you know things are not all right on the more ethical side or you know things are not great if you if i go with zavi so where does the onus lie here is it with the player for making a wrong decision and choosing someone like this even though he would get in the best deal like like we mentioned i think it's it's not wrong for a player to want to leave i know you wanted alaba to play his the rest of his career at bayern and perhaps he he may have thought differently and that i guess that that's all fine but the but the fact and the words that he said the way that this is panned out is is what the issue here so where does the onus lie here is it do you blame the agent and the agent's being the agent what he is or do you blame alaba for you know choosing someone who has had a history in the past of not being the most popular person with the club i mean i i don't know who to blame really cuz um the yeah. agent's doing his job like the agent's good at something that's why alaba has hired him and alaba is great at what he does so that's why he feels he's worth hiring someone mm-hmm. who would get him what he feels is the best for him so you can't really blame any party it's just the way they go about things that's probably where we can point the finger on like and i think that probably applies to both the player and the agent because um the player probably knew how the agent was going to work when he hired him but the only factor that's motivating the player to hire the agent in the first place is he's going to get him the best deal and the only way the agent's going to get him the best deal is if he uses his tactics so the only place where we can fault them is the way they go about it but we can't really fault them for doing what they do they like it's 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 a fallacy like i don't know where to point it and it's just it's just running into something that we have to get used to arvin could the same be said about pogba as well is that we aren't sure i mean both parties are doing what they think is best for them whereas just the manner in which they're doing it is where does the onus lie for in this case i think they are doing what they think is best for the client there's no there's no there's no doubt about that but i think like i mentioned earlier there needs to be a line somewhere uh, for example can he be getting pogba a move without putting the entire team under the bus before a huge champions league game before one of the most important games of the season why and and i think when i mentioned this earlier uh, on the podcast that obviously pogba is in the know about this, right pogba is is not unaware that dial is going to be making a statement like this because if 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 not he'd be coming out in public and saying or you know throwing some distance between those statements and his state of mind so he's definitely in the know of the fact that rayola is doing this and i think that's unacceptable i think certain things like i mentioned earlier should be sacrosanct he can definitely be doing his job which is to get pogba his move clearly without putting his manager under the bus somebody who supported him throughout all right okay uh and Vinay, I, I want to now move on to Arsenal and Kia Juravchian. It's a he's a I mean I wouldn't say he's similar but different. <laughs> like same same but different. Here I, I don't know for him it's the the issue was how close he got to Arsenal and you know the Arsenal board because at at points they were he was giving out information that you know I don't think he should have been privy to. Uh, added to the fact that he has been responsible for. the transfer of certain brazilian players to the club so what are your thoughts on that in terms of his involvement in arsenal's affairs um yeah i mean the most important thing about uh, why it takes us um, like say fans of arsenal for a long time is acceptance uh, right from the start that i've been trying to tell you, uh, tell has been the fact that it's now no longer just a player uh and two clubs dealing now we have the agents involved and quite heavily involved i think kia's involvement um and the transition of edu into what we could probably call as the director of football role his designations are not that but still he controls the the transfers are literally between edu and arteta and now 
people literally think that it's Edu, Kia, and Arteta. Well, I hope not. But uh, Kia's involvement has been too quick. Uh, day before yesterday, he came out and said, I have got nothing to do with the Willian deal. Uh, Arteta presented at least three times in front of Willian uh, the plan he has for him. Now, as you said, how can Kia know that there was three presentations from Arteta to Willian when it should have been just between the player and the manager? How can he be privy to this unless he is involved in the day-to-day -day functioning of the club, which apparently it seems to be? You don't get to know these things, right? You don't, you don't say, oh, you know what? We had uh, breakfast, lunch. That's totally fine. You don't say that the manager presented three times his presentation, Arteta believes in presentations, uh, to a player to convince him to sign for us. That's too much of a detail to be known to a person who, at the end of the day, is an agent trying to sell his players to this club and his biggest role in that is he's very close to Edu. So for us and for me personally, too quick. We were used to the conservative way of Arsene doing it all. Though we had Dick Law, we had a uh, huge set of team. People thought it's just Wenger who does every small deal. The running joke around was uh, that even the teacup colors are decided by Arsene. I can assure you it was not. Uh, but the fact is, we were used to a man who now, was... Now you sound like here. <laughs> uh, but honestly, uh, Arsene, the ethics that all of us throughout this have been talking of, we were used to that. And now suddenly we have a person who is all too powerful. William getting a uh, deal, David Lewis getting an extension. Right or wrong, I'm not. I'm, we can have that on a separate podcast. Is, was it worth but honestly, uh, as you said, Mari getting a deal, uh, links to Brazilian players. Is this all too much of a coincidence? I think so. Uh, simply because, okay, there is suddenly a window like the Wolves one. Uh, we talk of a lot of Portugal players coming in. What is Kia here? Is he a part of the entourage that Edu wants to build? I hope not. Because we are still the conservative club and I wish that we continue to be. Though I know I'm... Uh, contradicting myself when I started by saying now it's corporate, corporate. But I still hope the conservative football remains. It's the uh, eternal optimist or the heart speaking here, at least for my club. But Kia's involvement is too quick, too much. And I think he should be kept, if not one arm length, I think quite a number of arm lengths away from the club. If he gets us a good player, take your commission, stick to being an agent. Don't be a decision maker. Uh no, I. Uh, he just mentioned be the agent or the decision maker. Uh, it's in. I think it's both one and the same in today's world. That's that's the problem. Yeah, you can go for the problem. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, so we were talking about wolves. I I know Vinay, you mentioned the wolves thing. So, there, I think it, it's clear because George Mendes has a stake there. Whereas here, it I think that the ethics is questionable because Kia doesn't have a stake at Arsenal. The only kind of link that he has is, I think he is Edu's agent as well, or he's close friends with Edu. And so that's why the questions come about. Uh, and uh, talking about Kia, I do remember, I, I, I told you that as a Liverpool fan, we didn't have too much issues. I think one of the issues was uh, Coutinho, which is more, which is probably bigger than Suarez itself. Uh, and Kia was his agent. It was, it was very suspect because every time the window would be open, Coutinho would have like a bad back and would not be available to play. And I suspect at that point of time, I didn't know. I, I just assumed the agents are agents at that point of time. So I really didn't think that there was any cause to be suspicious about, you know, Kia trying to initiate a move to Barcelona. Uh, and I mean, I'm glad that he sent him because we got the best deal out of it. Uh, but also, I do agree that. There is a football romanticism that's involved in all of this because we do feel that we would love the game to not be touched by all of these issues and questions of uh, ethics. We'd love for agents to just be agents, just come in when they are needed to be, uh, just 
handle and negotiate contracts whenever they are they, whenever they arise the renewals arise and that's about it but unfortunately we do have manage uh, we do have agents who you know lo- love the spotlight love the media and we'll have to take it as it comes now the question now i will find we will move on to our final segment which is i want to know what you guys think can be done or should be done to i i don't think see it's not illegal for a, an agent to come and speak even no matter how irritating or infuriating it is or no matter how suspicious the timings might be whether it be in, before a derby before an important match it's nothing illegal he's you know people give him the spotlight he's got the media talking to him so he speaks he, he's not uh you know bribed anyone as far as we know to kind of say his thoughts but where do you i know arvind mentioned drawing the line at somewhere and i want to know what you guys think and where this line should be drawn and how you think curbing such super agents whether it's possible and if it is possible how do you think it could be done so let's start off with alankrit first or wait uh let's let's start with arvind because he's the one who mentioned the line yeah i think this line is certainly difficult to call but at some level clubs have to start taking some tough calls at least for example the classic case would be if hypothetically erling haaland wants to come to united next season as a fan i'm licking my lips at the prospect of bruno you know supplying haaland but if the club decides that in its long term health they don't want rayola near our club they don't want him to influence our club and they decide to pass him on keeping in mind the long term health of the club i'd completely back the club right i might be disappointed at haaland not coming but this is a call a club can take they can consciously avoid certain agents however good their players are that's one direct uh, move a club can make now now, now i'm going to question you on that because we we've spoken about super agents and super agents someone like george mendes has the gestute and i i know i'm really like screwing up the pronunciation and everything but gestute or gestute whatever how, however you call his his agent com- agency that handles so many clients and we got rayola itself who handles many many clients now even someone as someone not and they handle uh, you know not only the big stars but even smaller lesser known players as well now is there i know you said that clubs have to be a little more mindful of whom they they hire or whom they buy based on who i mean the agents that they are associated with will be an will be an aspect or a, an influencing factor in deciding whom they put but given that a lot of players are kind of under the umbrella of sorts uh how that would be a little difficult wouldn't it fair point but i think it's different when it's for any uh, for for the want of better word let me use the word average player or not a superstar and superstars if mbappe is going to move tomorrow if haland is going to move tomorrow these are signings that will make jaws drop this is this is something the whole world is going to watch and the onus is so much the impact is so much then your agents influence really starts to get magnified there for example if ole wants to bench haland for a game and he's coming out and talking about it it's not going to help the club i think these are very subjective calls but my broad point is that when it comes to superstars because of how big they are their agents are even bigger uh, for example even in rayola's case he also represents jesse lingard i don't think there's going to be a particular issue uh, with all due respect to lingard i think he's a decent player he'll do well at a club in the future wherever he goes um, but his his uh, agent being rayola doesn't really affect the club so much because with no disrespect he's not a superstar and paul pogba performance wise might not be but image wise and stature wise snapchat would like to disagree with you on jesse linga not being a superstar <laughs> yeah but you get my point yeah 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 i do i think with superstars it, it does make a little more sense in terms of i think these guys are handled personally by these so called uh, agents uh, super agents uh, rather than you know obviously george mendes doesn't personally handle the millions of players that are under his agency 
but uh, the big ones definitely he keeps an eye out on and alankit i want to get your thoughts on this um yes i think boycotting an agents player is not a foolproof solution it could be a start but it's not a foolproof solution because um let's take let's take riolets as an example with united if uh united don't want to deal with riola for like uh the haland deal then there is all possibility that riola would then start uh pushing maybe lingard to like start get a bigger contract and he start causing problems inside the club that way so boycotting an agent's player may not be the right solution uh and it may not also be a long term solution because as the game evolves as money keeps on being pumped into the game players are going to want more money and even the average player is going to start signing up with these super agents so ultimately you would have to go to a super agent even if you want to fill a squad bench player so i i don't think that you're going to and yeah the super agent may not be involved in the transfer of a squad bench player but the the agency is going to be and we can't just as a club decide to void a certain pathway just because it's been handled or you have bad relations with the the main guy at that agency so the the other better solution would be is to maybe try and put a cap on the agent's fee or maybe uh, see to it that the agent does not take commission from both parties both the player and the clubs that signings too so both would actually be something that all clubs and even maybe football footballing body as whole could uh put out as guidelines uh, so that like this does not repeat itself as the game keeps improving but um given the fact that the game is also going high into uh, the financial uh, scale of things i'm not sure if that's going to also be implemented but that is one way of trying to curtail the influences of an agent in the just a couple of small points i think their impact is also felt more when there are free transfers and i think this is starting to influence players renewing their contracts or not because in free transfers agents tend to get a mammoth fee compared to a commission on transfer right because there there's no payment made to a club so yeah. clubs are more willing to dish out more to the agents and there it becomes even more magnified and this is probably going to influence a player's decision to renew a contract pogba has two years on his deal if he walks on a free he's 29 he can still get a good contract maybe riola gets a larger cut I, i'm 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 sorry i'm using riola's name again and again but it's the best example to present the discuss, you know present argument right here um, so i think sorry. that's another regulation we need to worry about free agent sorry free transfers sorry uh, i mean i was just going to say that you could probably use alaba as an example because that situation you just mentioned is exactly happening right that's right yeah so how do we deal with this is it it on the face of it it sounds abominable what what about alaba's demanding or what what he could possibly demand is there a way we can cap this and like all of us uh, agree that the agent shouldn't be getting compensation from both sides that's just doesn't make sense at all all right uh vinay your thoughts on this before i have a final question sure and um, before i give the thoughts i think um, we should have done this on video and i would have wanted to see alankrit uh, with a broad smile on his face because he's like dude it doesn't matter to us i'm supporting bayern munich except for messi and ronaldo i think we can get anyone so i don't think so he's really worried right about all these things <laughs> honestly I mean, he supports bayern I mean, munich he uh, get would, they get anyone they wish no see but that's the case i would love to have haland on my team but because he's handled by raiola i don't think i want that team anymore i i can assure you if we are talking again in a couple of seasons i wouldn't be surprised if he's playing for bayern munich I wouldn't Come be surprised. On, that, that is the that is a nightmare. <laughs> that's, that's just that not just fair. That just could happen, you know. Anyway, it's just uh, not fair. That, that's <laughs> Dot, that's Dortmund's nightmare right now. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want to mention that. I mean, but like Dortmund, but Dortmund is the feeder club. Not just like the Dolphin comes over. Like I, 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 I can't keep repeating that so many times. Like I definitely feel they're a feeder club for the whole world. They keep doing this every season. No, but I know, but I, then I, I can see Haaland going to buy. I know Raiola is one of those agents that you know you will think twice before getting. But I can totally see it just because I feel like 
maybe he listens to his father a little more than Rayola and I think from a yep, just from a I think there will be one move uh, for Haaland uh, before, before he goes to yeah. the, uh, Bayern. Yeah, That's yeah exactly. Because I, yeah. I don't think Bayern need Haaland given the form and probably the longevity that Lewandowski has right now. So, Please I think if the Mbappe one doesn't happen to Real, Real may look at him. That's it. Yeah, and um, I hope... Yeah. You, I don't uh, and just to answer then, Pradyuman, uh, yeah. a couple of things then. Um, what's the ideal situation? Well, as... Um, Arsene said, and the great man said that uh, quite, a, quite a long time back, two clubs, uh, a club expresses their interest in a player who plays for the other club. Uh, the club informs the player. The, the club representatives will talk. If it go, goes through, great. If not, the player is informed. Or the club who expressed interest is informed, saying like, no, thank you. And it's done. There's no agent involvement at all. Chances, no chance. Uh, second, will this... Can we cap it? Can we prevent it? Can we restrict it? I don't think so. Again, uh, I think the agents are far too big. Uh, it's now take the entire package or you don't get anything. So an agent is a part of the package. And just going back to uh, how influential they are, I think very honestly in a professional career for uh, most footballers who are playing at the top levels, not just the superstars, I think the agents play on a day-to-day a bigger role than even their families. They decide literally from what they wear to where they stay to what they eat. Tell me anything that they don't have an influence. I think they see their uh, agents more than their wives or their kids. That kind of influence uh, just going to vanish off. That's not going to happen. I think it's going to get more and more. Um, There is no solution. The solution, as I told you, is in an ideal situation. Two clubs talk about players. It could be exchange, it could be loan, it could be whatever fees. The fee can be astronomical. Football is just going to get crazier in terms of money. Uh, But I don't think so. The agent influence is only going to get any lesser. I think you will see a lot more people getting to be these agents. Now, there are a select few super agents as we classify them. I think you will see a lot more who will now say, look, the top stars are managed by these guys. There is another crop of good, average, decent, who can still command uh, places somewhere. Let's try to tap into that. And then there is going to be one more segment of players who are just not cut at the top level, but they could move to the other leagues, like, say, the uh, Chinese League, the MLS, the ISL. I don't know, anywhere. But I think there will be a lot more involvement of agents. That's the harsh truth of football is what I feel. I don't foresee how this can be changed. The club and just the Haaland example to round it off. If Royola says to so Manchester United and if we Manchester United think like Arvin did and I hope for the health of uh, other clubs, thank you so much if you think like that. Uh, Haaland is offered to Manchester United and Manchester United say no. We are keeping you away. Next day, he will be going to Man City. And I hope if he can, I think 65 million is something. What's the clause? If he can make it 6.5 million, thank you. Please come to Arsenal. We will keep the ethics aside. We need Haaland. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there has to be a change in the ecosystem overall. I feel like, yes, salary caps could still play a role because that might curb the type of insane deals and you know the agents trying to extort clubs uh, for ridiculous amounts of money. I think either player salary caps or even agent commission caps that that could be it. But we're still a little far away. I know Project Big Picture and the Premier League itself. I think ha- had some amount of mention about salary caps, but uh, or uh, transfer caps or something like that. But uh, that itself was rejected. So it, it, it's going to take a while. I don't know how. How long? But if until then, yeah, I think agents are going to be ever so important, not only to players but to clubs and transfer dealings as well. Uh, Arvind, I think I've got time for just one last question. I wanted to ask you this: uh, Rio Ferdinand had mentioned uh, after the Champions exit, Champions League exit to uh, Leipzig about how Manchester United as a club should have taken initiative and quashed. Or you know, stop the message from coming out. 
I mean, how does that work according to you, or would it have worked according to you? It, it's wishful thinking that uh, we think we can control what he's trying to do. I think th- there's there's not much the club could have done to foresee the. Sorry, my dog is barking in the background. Not uh, <laughs> not too much the club could have done to foresee that uh, Rayal is going to go out and talk like this. It's free media, and I, you rightly mentioned that it's not illegal for him to talk. He didn't. He didn't say something illegal. He's just going and talking to the media. So there's nothing the club could have done. I think, right? What they can do is understand that you know we need to cut our losses with Pogba and protect his value and sell him for as much as we can this summer uh, at the maximum. Because after that, he's going to work out on a free in a year's year's time. And we've had the same episode happen with the same player. It's deja vu, really. So. All right. Awesome. So. Uh... Yeah, so I, I guess have one question. Sorry, sorry. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, just a cheeky one for Arvind. So, uh, is he all right if Pogba goes to City or Liverpool? No, 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 no. He's not coming to Liverpool. No, 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 no. We don't want him. No, no. So <laughs> that, that should you were happy. You, that you were that, happy that should answer your question. That should <laughs> answer your question. Oh, okay, City, City could do with one actually. Uh, Alankrit, what are you saying? No, I was just saying, I can, I can sense your, your face right now, like through through this already. Like, yeah. <laughs> like no, no, hell no. I think that's a problem. He's, ha- that... he's, he's happy with Thiago, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't be? Yeah, uh, but uh, Arvind, would you have been happy with City? As long as he leaves the club, I'm honestly okay. But I, I mean, it would, it would get very annoying to listen to ex-United player going to City. I think the drama would just be too much. So for that sake, I hope he doesn't go there. But it wouldn't personally affect me because I mean, he's not bringing value to the club. For all that he said, I don't think. I mean, I know it's all again up to the agent. But for all he said, I think personally, I don't know if how comfortable he would be to move to City. I know he. I don't think he will. I don't think. Yeah, he will. I yeah. think he still yeah. likes United at heart, or he yeah. kind of this yeah. example. It's just that you know there are other factors that uh, there. Yeah. And apart from that, I think. As I keep saying, I mean, Romano said that he wouldn't have been at United anyway this season had COVID not happened. That you know, Juventus would have got that's true. Looked hmm. at him, but uh, I think in hindsight, it's easy to say this, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think he'll move to City. I think it's it's too far fetched. I think yeah, the drama would be just too much to handle. Juventus looks like the safest option because I don't think Madrid are going to be able to yeah. spend that money on him. Uh, I mean, Madrid have earmarked it for Mbappe and I don't think if right. Mbappe comes yeah. then uh, Arland uh, or someone. But yeah, for does, all this does talk you about... Have, does Juve have a midfield place for him? I mean, I, I really don't know. Maybe it, we could... I mean, Ramsey? If you're, a, if you're a midfielder, Juve have place for you. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> if it's a midfielder on a free, I think even more so. Even more. I, so. I, exactly. I think what what are they trying to build another Spain zero ten zero formation? Is it? Yeah, but if I they don't can know, send but... us, send Ramsey back to us. Thank you. On, yeah. on, a, on a serious oh, note, yeah. I think uh, I think we shouldn't underplay Perlo's uh, impact as well. I think he he enjoyed playing with Pogba, so I think yeah. he's yeah. seen firsthand what Pogba can do. Uh, the the senior management at Juve trust Perlo. So I think uh, it's yeah, enticing for them if he can link up well with Ronaldo. I uh, think they have they have to go all out for the Champions League at this point. So maybe they think he can do that for them. Also, I I just don't get it. I mean, I know there's this, all this talk about Zidane coming in and Zidane's Madrid coming in. I've the I've seen the least number of articles suggesting that Zidane wants uh, Pogba, or at least Zidane wants him. But I think I mean. Perez wants Pogba at Real Madrid, and that's the more key thing than Zidane wanting him. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 been like the player wants to go there. Just the club's not shown too much of an interest in kind of moving towards it. I think Zidane part of very honestly, if he had not won the last game in the Champions League, and if he loses tonight, it no longer may be Zidane's Real. Uh, I, I love the <laughs> man. He's, he's my favorite that's footballer of all time. But let's be honest. Uh, it's yeah. Perez who controls that club. It, it doesn't get more ruthless than Madrid, really. So yeah, it's Ultimately, it's Perez's call. So it's I think Perez's that's where call. the problem is. I think Zizou really wants him. Perez, not so much. I think he wants Mbappe more. I think they want else. Mbappe. That's yep. it. They, yep. They're just yep. keen on him. Uh, and anyone who does well in Euro 2021. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, guys, I guess that's all the time we have. So, thanks, Vinay, Alankrit, Arvind for being a part of this podcast. It was a fun discussion to have. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope we don't discuss this in the near future. I hope things get a little better. But I, I'm i pretty sure there will be a couple of more incidents before we get you know, rid, with, rid of this. So whether it be Pogba, whether it be some other superstar, 
I'm pretty sure we'll have this discussion down the line somewhere or sometime or the other. So, but for now, thank you for taking your time out and uh, giving your thoughts on this particular topic. It was insightful. And yeah, I can't wait to host you guys in the near future. Great conversation, Paddy. Thank you for having yeah. us. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Thank you so much, Good guys. Fun. Thank you guys. It was a great conversation. Look forward to being back again soon. Awesome. All right. And if you, all of you listening to the this pod, particular podcast episode, if you thought that this was as insightful as you expected it to be or even more so, then why don't you rate us on seven different podcast platforms like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Uh, we're there now on Pandora as well. Uh, yeah, it's not that jewelry store that you might think it is, but it's the music platform. So you can check us out there. Uh, and if you do like the content that we're putting out, then do listen to our previous episodes. They're as insightful and as fun as today's was, as well as our sister series, which is the midweek fixture where we kind of do game reviews and everything which we upload every Wednesday. Uh, and if you do like... Again, if you do like all of that stuff, then please do follow us on Instagram on Twi- and on Twitter. I try to be as active as possible over there. Uh, and yeah, do let us know if you want to be a part of the podcast as well. We'd love to host you on uh, uh, and hear your thoughts on any podcast episode or any topic that we are discussing at that point of time. So I guess that's about it for episode number 11 of the FFS podcast of season two. Sorry of the FFS podcast. I'm your host, Praddy, once again. You all stay safe. Good night and see you.